very excited to begin at the top of uh, Amud, Bet of Baya, as we start uh, Beitza, uh, sometimes called Baya, but uh, the, the really it's, I think, uh, if my, if I, uh, it, it seems to me, I can't think of any other Masechet that actually begins uh, with the first word, uh, all other um, uh, you know, brachot, we call it brachot, uh, but it begins ma'amatai, we don't call it perik ma'amatai. Uh, the Rishonim call it uh, perik yomtov, uh, and a lot of it is to do uh, with yomtov, uh, especially uh, because yomtov, uh, we've dealt with a lot of uh, halachot uh, in terms of Shabbat, uh, in, in both Maseket, Shabbat and Maseket Erevin, and now what we have is uh, a kind of how that is different uh, to yomtov. Uh, and uh, especially because uh, Yom Tov is, uh, uh, has the ability to uh, um, be, uh, because it's more lenient uh, in terms of uh, being able to cook for Ochel Nefesh, we'll deal a lot with Ochel Nefesh and, uh, and things like that. What is uh, Ochel Nefesh? You're allowed to do work uh, called Melechet, Avodah, uh, that is what you're allowed to do. So we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, stuff in terms of specifically Mukta. Uh, we're going to deal, the second chapter deals with Erev Tashilin. So uh, anyway, let's uh, uh, get into it. Beitzah Shonoda Biyomtov. An egg that is uh, um, cooked, uh, laid on Yomtov, sorry, laid on Yomtov. Uh, it says, Beit Shama Omrim. Beit Shama says, Te'achel, perfectly fine uh, to be eaten. Beit Hila Omrim, Lo Te'achel. Uh, it is not able to be eaten. Uh, okay, Beit Shama Rim. And now uh, it, it goes on to a few unrelated subjects. And uh, the question is why uh, these are all lumped together. Uh, and the reason is uh, because of the fact that uh, it is, uh, they, they're all put here because uh, this is a, one of those odd circumstances where Beit Shammai is actually more lenient. Uh, than Beit Hillel. So it's, uh, it's pretty noteworthy uh, that that is the case. Normally it's the other way around. And uh, Beit, um, Beit Hillel uh, is, is, is uh, you know, the vast majority of times, 99.9% uh, uh, of the times, more lenient uh, than Beit Shammai. But uh, here he isn't. So uh, we have to lump all of these cases together because it's, uh, uh, it, it's unusual. So we, we join them all together. Okay, the, the next case uh, is as, as follows. Uh, going back to a Pesach halacha, uh, which is uh, leaven, which is something that is uh, able to, it's, so, it's like sourdough, that is able to leaven other things. Uh, you are not allowed that. Uh, you are uh, in terms of a kazait. However, the kamait, the kukotevit, the as part of, uh, if, if it's just chametz, uh, just uh, chametz is, uh, you know, something that is you know, a piece of a piece of bread or something like that that cannot is not strong enough. It is puffed up, uh, but it's not strong enough uh, to actually leaven uh, other things. He says that's a kukotevet. A, uh, a kukotevet is a, a large date, and uh, and and this uh, takes us back all the way to the end of Yuma, uh, where we discussed the size of Kukotevet, uh, the size of a large date. We said uh, one opinion was that it was bigger uh, than an egg. There was a, a Kazayat, a Kibetza, and then a Kukotevet. And one opinion had it in the middle uh, of, uh, of it, but it, it's definitely bigger than a Kazayat, and this, in that case, was smaller than a Kibetza. And okay, uh, an egg size. All right, so Kukotevit uh, of thing. Beit Hilo Amrim, no. Zeh vazeh bekazait. 
he says, no, both of them chametz, uh, as well as uh, the sourdough, uh, the samosor, uh, as well. It has to be just a kazayitz uh, with an olive size. All right, ashokhet chayav of yom tov. Now, uh, getting back onto uh, some yom tov halachot, uh, and if you shecht a chayav, which is a non-domesticated animal, uh, wild animals, we would call it, call it uh, specifically uh, a kosher one, uh, like a deer, Okay, if off uh, or a bird on Yom Tov, uh, and and the reason we uh, put uh, those two as opposed to uh, if you shecht any animal, because only those two uh, require what's known as kisuadam, uh, covering up the blood. Uh, a, a domesticated animal, cow, goat, sheep, uh, etc. A bull uh, doesn't require kisuadam, so we don't talk about that. So specifically, uh, if you shecht one of those animals on Yom Tov and uh, uh, even though today it would sound very odd to us to go and shecht an animal on Yom Tov, we would uh, think that would be breaking Yom Tov. No, uh, in the times of the Gomorrah, uh, it was perfectly fine. They never had uh, refrigeration and stuff like that. So uh, to, ma- to, inha- to make sure that the meat was uh, properly fresh, uh, they'd be allowed to shecht on Yom Tov. Uh, so once you shecht these animals on Yom Tov, a chaya or an off, but shamorim yachpor bedeker v'chisa. Uh, you are allowed to, uh, even if, there's, if you haven't got any loose earth uh, lying around, uh, which is what you use to cover the blood with, that uh, you can take a, uh, a spade and, uh, and, and dig some out of the ground. Uh, you are allowed to do that because uh, you are fulfilling the mystery. We're not going to discuss these uh, uh, right now. The main focus is going to be on the first thing, but uh, so we'll deal with that later. But... Um, Beitila says, no, uh, No, the previous day you have had to have prepared this, uh, this, uh, this dirt uh, and, and, and therefore this earth has to be have been prepared uh, before uh, Yom Tov. However, uh, even Beitila agrees uh, that once you have shechted, Beitila says, listen, but now you've shechted, uh, even though you hadn't had the earth, uh, you know, rather uh, dig up the earth and cover the blood uh, with the uh, um, uh, cover the blood with it. The bl- covering the blood is more important uh, than the, the issue of digging the earth. Okay, as we said, we won't discuss that uh, any more now. Uh, it will be dealt with later. Uh, and it quotes, it finishes off with uh, uh, seemingly. Uh, odd statement, Shafar Kira Muchanhu, because the ashes of a stove are prepared uh, for covering blood. All right, we'll, we'll see uh, what it also comes to add. Um, we're not, we won't deal with that now. Okay, so the first point of uh, dispute, as we said, uh, was this egg uh, that was laid on Yom Tov. Okay, and, uh, and we're going to see. Bamai Yaskinan. Uh, what case are we talking about here? Uh, so we say, If you're talking that the, the, this hen that, uh, we are, that, that, that laid the egg, uh, we say that she's standing there to be eaten. In other words, uh, you, you want to, to shecht uh, the, uh, this chicken at some point. Uh, it says, and then you're going to eat it. My timer, what actually is Beit Hillel's reasoning uh, for, for, such a, for, for declaring it Asur? Okay? Surely, Uchla de Ifratu, really, uh, the same way the chicken is able to be eaten, 
uh, as we said, if you shecht a chai or an off, uh, you, uh, you cover its blood. So it's perfectly acceptable to shecht the chicken on Yom Tov itself. Uh, and, and therefore, the egg really is seen as part of the chicken. Uh, and as a result, the same way you'd be allowed to eat the chicken, uh, the same way you'd be allowed to eat the egg. So then what is, uh, why would he forbid you eating the egg? Ella must be, but Tanagodet Baitim. Uh, it must be uh, for a chicken that is there to lay eggs. So th- that makes the chicken mukta because you've got no use for it on Yom Tov. You don't want to kill uh, the chicken. Specifically, uh, you want to keep it alive uh, because it's, a, it's an income-producing asset for you. And uh, as a result, uh, you, uh, you know, it's, the, the chicken is mukta. And once the chicken is mukta, the egg is mukta as well. Okay? And therefore... Uh, if you assume that that is the situation, uh, then we flip the question. Uh, Therefore, what then is the, is the, the rationale for Beit uh, Shammai uh, to say that you can eat the egg? Uh, okay, if the chicken is mukta, uh, why? Surely the egg is mukta as well. Um, you know, muktuhi, uh, and that's what we say, it is mukta. So the Gemara says, uh, so what, what might be the problem? Late labor mukta. Uh, maybe Beit Shammai does not hold of Mukta. Now, when we say uh, that uh, people don't hold of Mukta, we're going to see this uh, as well. A lot of the, this first chapter specifically is going to be dealing uh, with items of Mukta. Uh, so we just uh, take a second to, to uh, uh, you know, sketch some parameters of Mukta. Mukta really means something that is set aside, that's something that is out of your mind. Uh, and uh, really there are a number of different categories of, uh, of mukta. Uh, mukta because you're worried about the, the financial loss and mukta, there's inherent mukta. Something can be, uh, in a, and, and we're going to see nolad uh, is a form of mukta. We're going to be discussing something that just came into being, that's nolad, as, we, as we'll discuss. So there are a lot of forms of mukta and uh, uh, the, the laws of the different muktas are, are, are somewhat different in, in, in different cases as well. But anyway, uh, the main thing is, is that uh, it, it's been set aside and out of your mind. Uh, and, and therefore, and also that we say, everyone agrees uh, to a certain extent uh, that it, in mukta, the question is uh, whether you hold a broad application of mukta, uh, and, and, and we're going to see that is going to be uh, Rabbi Yehuda, uh, okay, and then we're going to see uh, a lesser application of Muksa. That is going to be Rabbi Shimon. That's going to come up uh, quite a few times in our Masechet. Uh, and, and therefore, so what are we, so, so, so just going back to our question, uh, maybe even if uh, the, the, the we, we, you know, we define uh, the chicken as Muksa, uh, and, and therefore the egg should be Muksa, but maybe he doesn't hold. Dilma Bechama, late lay Muksa, Bechama doesn't hold of Muksa, i.e., a broad um, application of Muksa, okay? And maybe he doesn't hold of this type of, of Muksa. And maybe that is the argument uh, with him and Beit Hillel, okay? And that is, you know, do you hold by this type of Muksa or don't you hold by that uh, uh, type of Muksa? And the Gomorrah uh, says, uh, you might think, uh, and, and therefore, what do we, what do we say uh, about this? Because you, you, what, what do you say? Afilu, Man, the shari b'mukta. No, uh, you know what? What about uh, even if you believe uh, that there is uh, mukta, you agree that there is uh, as person something that gets set aside, uh, you know, on on, on a uh, Shabbat or Yom Tov, uh, but not at Asur. Uh, you would even say that. Uh, um, 
that that nolad, okay, nolad is a specific type of mukta, uh, i.e., something that has just arrived into the world uh, uh, and uh, and has just been born, literally, uh, on, on on a festival. You're not allowed to do that because uh, it was totally out of your mind uh, beforehand, okay. And obviously, the egg uh, is a prime example, the 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 prototypical example uh, of something that is nolad is literally an egg. It has literally just been born. Uh, so therefore, matamad uh, shama. So uh, you know, the, we're just reinforcing our question over here and saying, listen, if you, if you even even if you would say that shama doesn't hold of muksa in general or a lot of categories of muksa, surely uh, nolad is one of the things that he would. Um, hold of uh, as well. So then what, what is his rationale? I'm Rav Nachman, okay, uh, and, uh, and this is going to be the first of four explanations uh, as, uh, as, as we're going to have them of the Machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. So I'm Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman comes uh, and, uh, and really says, what are we talking about here? He says, the dispute really is about Mukta. And how am I going to uh, explain it? It says, Really, uh, it is a chicken for laying eggs. So he says, uh, it's, it's about a chicken that's there for laying eggs, i.e., you might have thought uh, that, uh, as we had said before, you might have thought what? Uh, because uh, the chicken uh, is there for laying eggs, and therefore uh, you say uh, as follows, uh, and you might say, because you don't therefore want the chicken, uh, okay, the person, and he says, there is a, if you hold of mukta, you also hold of nolad, uh, but if you don't hold of mukta, uh, he says, in this, in this situation, Beit Shammai does not hold of nolad. If you say that Beit Shammai doesn't hold of mukta, he also doesn't hold of nolad, nolad as he says, Beit Shammai, Karebi Shimon, Kabeit Hillel, Karebi Yehuda. As I mentioned, uh, there is this machloket uh, throughout the Masechet uh, and uh, throughout Shas, really, uh, where we have Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. Uh, they argue many times uh, in uh, uh, the Gomorrah uh, about uh, different things, and, uh, and, and we see, uh, you know, specifically with regard to uh, uh, the, the prohibitions of Shabbat uh, and things like that, and... Um, Davash and Mukaven, etc. But now uh, the specific argument that's relevant to us uh, is um, uh, Rabbi Shimon says he holds a lesser uh, application of Mukta uh, and therefore Beit Shammai might be holding Nakim. And Beit Hillel uh, says that he holds a broader application of Mukta uh, and, uh, and, and therefore Beit Hillel is holding like uh, Rabbi Huda. So, if that is what you are saying, the Gemara doesn't like that. Miyamar Rabbi Rav Nachman Haki. Would Rav Nachman really say such a thing? Vatanan, uh, we learned a Mishnah in Shabbat, uh, the Masechet Shabbat, uh, towards the end uh, of Shabbat. But uh, Shama Rim, we are talking here about someone uh, who's just eaten a meal uh, and he's got uh, bones, uh, you know, chicken bones, or and, and he's had nuts, uh, and uh, so he's got uh, some shells of the nuts. So he's busy eating his meal. Uh, so now you've got a collection of these nuts uh, and uh, you've put it on the tablecloth, okay? And, uh, and now they, they're useless to you. You've eaten all the food of them. And now it's just the inedible uh, parts, uh, peels and, and bones and shells and stuff like that. And that's it. Magbin, 
מעל השולחן עצמות בקליפין. You can take off, uh, you can sweep off the table, you want the table to be nice and clean, you want to remove all this refuse off the table, uh, you can sweep off uh, the nuts and uh, the bones, I mean the shells uh, and the bones, uh, you know, even though they are obviously mukta now because there's no need for them anymore. Beit Hila Omrim, Masalek etatavla kulo umenara. So what do you do? He says, you take the whole table off. All right, you, in other words, uh, we would talk about a tablecloth uh, and you know, pick up the tablecloth. But there they had removable tables uh, themselves. You would eat on these movable tables. Uh, and uh, he says, you, um, uh, you can, you can uh, uh, t- take off, uh, as we said, as we would say, the tablecloth. You can remove uh, the tablecloth, but you can't touch uh, the underlying items, uh, you can sweep it up with the uh, uh, with the tablecloth and uh, uh, or the table top at this day in, you know, what you're talking about here and shake it off uh, all as one. The table itself uh, is not mukta uh, and uh, and therefore it is able to be moved. But you shouldn't be really uh, touching it uh, yourself. All right. So now we see um, uh, and and it says about that Mishnah uh, of Rav Nachman about that Mishnah uh, and he says no uh, that is not uh, the halacha. Anu ein lanu ella beit shama kerebi huda ubeit hilal kerebi shimon. In regards to that Mishnah, uh, he says no. Uh, really, what you should do is beit shama holds like Rabbi Huda, uh, reverse the opinions in that uh, Mishnah, and beit shama is more strict. I holds of muktza like uh, Rabbi Huda, and uh, beit hilal says you can sweep it off. Uh, you can pick up the. Uh, uh, the, the shells and the bones themselves and uh, take those and throw those away directly because he holds of Rabbi Shimon. Okay, so uh, you know, in that situation uh, Rav Nachman uh, was, uh, was strict and he says, no, uh, there is such a thing as mukta, okay? Uh, and remember, you know, and, and he quote the, Mish- the, Maseche, the, the Mishnah uh, from Masechet Shabbat, so which is going to be important that a dafka comes from Shabbat. Alright, so now um, what do we deal with? You know, how do we answer that? Uh, and, uh, and the answer is, Amalach Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman uh, would say, no, uh, it says it's important, Gabe Shabbat, Lestam Lantana. When there's an unattributed Mishnah, Stam uh, Lantana, then uh, he says, Karebi Shimon, Datani, Matkin, Eta Diluin, Lifnei Bahema, Veta Navela, Lifnei. Klavim. Uh, so there is a rather he quotes another mission. He says, no, uh, Rav Nachman would say, no, in terms of Shabbat, uh, where uh, Rabbi Huda Nasi came and, came and he taught us a, uh, a Stam Mishnah. Stam Mishnah uh, is, um, uh, is generally authoritative. Uh, and, and what are we talking when we talk about uh, the, the Stam uh, Mishnah? Uh, as we're going to see a, uh, a nice Rashi uh, on, on, on the next page, uh, where you know Rashi talks about uh, you know Stamlan, you know it says, uh, um, uh, well Rashi says about the, the Mishnah. If you if you're teaching a Stam Mishnah, uh, that uh, what actually happens is that uh, you you're teaching it anonymously because Rebbe collated. Uh, 
uh, all of these opinions. Uh, and Rebbe mentioned uh, that you know, if he felt the, the opinion uh, held like that, he would just put it in as a Stam Mishnah. So Stam Mishnah uh, really means that uh, Rebbe put it in so that people would say, oh, well, that must be a majority opinion, and therefore we hold like that. That's what Rashi says. Uh, there's a, a Rashi on, on Daf Bet uh, over here, on Amud, Amud Bet, uh, as, uh, you know, talking about that. All right, but anyway... Uh, so, there's another Mishnah in terms of uh, Shabbat, the Stam Tana like Rebbe Shimon, there's a Stam Mishnah like Rebbe Shimon, okay, which says uh, it is um, uh, allowed, uh, and uh, we learned in, the, in that Mishnah, and this is right at the end of Masechet Shabbat, Machatchin Etzadzluin, what you can do uh, is cut up uh, these, uh, these pumpkins uh, before and an animal, uh, and it, uh, um, in front of an animal, it's a novella, and uh, a novella, uh, an animal uh, that dropped dead, so you know you've got the carcass of the animal uh, over there, even though it uh, died on Shabbat, and you're allowed to, to cut it up, you don't consider it uh, mukta, uh, and we see that uh, uh, it, you know, it, it's mukta. Uh, well, I mean, we, we classify it as mukta, uh, but still you're allowed to move it on Shabbat. So when it comes to Shabbat, um, Rav Nachman says, I'm, I'm, I'm going like the opinion uh, that says uh, Mukta uh, is, uh, I would go like the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. In other words, uh, that there is a limited category of Mukta on Shabbat. Okay, and, uh, and uh, so therefore, you know, as we said, Mokim la Beit Hillel Rabbi Shimon, so therefore uh, he holds that, that Beit, Shama, uh, Beit Hillel uh, goes like Rabbi Shimon, okay, because there is, uh, he'd prefer uh, that to happen uh, in, in, you know, uh, on, 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 in, in Masechet Shabbat, at least he holds like Rabbi Shimon. Aval, uh, here, uh, he says, Gabe Yomtov, Dastam Lantana Rabbi so now there isn't a, a, a stam Mishnah, an unattributed Mishnah, like Rabbi Huda. Okay, did uh, none. Uh, and uh, there is a, um, uh, also uh, at, uh, uh, the, in, in Masechet Shabbat. What is that? Did uh, none. Uh, it says as follows Ein Mavakin Eitzim Mina Karot Velo Mina Kora. And you're not allowed to chop wood uh, from beams. Uh, in uh, you know and that's usually used uh, for building and also you're not allowed uh, if something breaks on yomtov uh, that is defined uh, it, it, it's defined as nolad on yomtov uh, it breaks on yomtov you weren't expecting it uh, from before and now uh, it's it's broken uh, so we see that uh, even though. They weren't prepared from before. Uh, because they weren't prepared from before, they are defined as mukta. Okay, and therefore we're not allowed to use it on Yom Tov. So, Mokim La Levaitilal Kreb In this situation, he says, listen, Beitilal, who we usually uh, go like, uh, he says, uh, therefore must be going uh, like Rebbe Huda. Okay, that is uh, Rav Nachman's understanding. So now, uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, so, so really, the question is: Okay, great uh, that uh, we can understand where Rav Nachman is coming from. Uh, but really, the question then reverts uh, to none other than Rebbe himself, uh, because uh, you know, why did he see fit uh, to record uh, an unattributed Mishnah in uh, both of those? Uh, in, in, in separate Masechets, uh, you know, in, uh, or in, in different ways, you know, it, they're actually all from Masechet Shabbat. But uh, why did he see fit uh, to, to say, um, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, that, that it's unattributed? So here we get to that Rashi. Uh, it says, 
Stamle Manitin Kerebiuda, okay, who who said it, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Mishnah, Kishara, uh, you know, Divre Chacham, Vishrubanav, if he sees uh, what a Chacham says and it was uh, good in his eyes, the Shanan and Stam, he taught it anonymously. Velo, his kir, Shaim Amoro, Alayim, he doesn't put a person's name to him, Kilei, Shaloi you, Shnuim, Mipi Yachid, because otherwise people say, oh, that's an individual opinion. Nire, you know, so he says, you know, if it's not like everyone, then, you know, if he makes it stum, uh, it's, it's authoritative. All right, so the question is, uh, on, on, uh, on Rebbe, you know, the, the question goes back to Rebbe. Why? Man stamen lamanitin Rebbe. Okay, so who taught the Mishnahs? Uh, you know, Rebbe. It was Rebbe Huda Nasi. So why did he write a, uh, an unattributed Mishnah uh, in Shabbat like Rebbe Shimon, i.e. leniently? And why did he uh, write a... Um, uh, an unattributed opinion when it comes to Yom Tov, like Rabbi Huda, i.e. strict. Uh, it says, Amri. Uh, so therefore, we say, Shabbat de Chamira. Uh, Shabbat is stringent. Okay? Uh, you, get, you get punished uh, very severely on Shabbat. Uh, people treat Shabbat seriously. Uh, okay? If uh, the worst case scenario, uh, you could actually get the death penalty on Shabbat. If there's proper warning uh, and, 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 uh, and witnesses and stuff like that, witnesses and warning, uh, then you would actually die. Uh, for breaking Shabbat, okay? So people treat it very seriously. Uh, you won't uh, treat it with uh, disrespect. Uh, you won't become to be uh, uh, contemptuous of Shabbat. So he holds a lesser opinion like Rabbi Shimon. He grants you a bit of leniency over there because you're not going to take it overboard. Uh, Demakil, uh, and, uh, and therefore he is Makel. Uh, with that. Okay, he teaches like the lenient opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Yom Tov, however, when it comes to Yom Tov, okay, uh, he says, well, when it comes to Yom Tov, uh, that people are a bit, unfortunately, a bit more lenient. Okay, the punishment of Yom Tov uh, is lashes, right? Uh, and, and, and therefore, uh, you are allowed to do certain things, uh, cooking, carrying, etc., on Yom Tov, which you aren't allowed to do on Shabbat. And people say, oh, you know, we, we've got a, a wholesale uh, we, we can do things uh, you know it's, it's not restricted at all and people could come to take more leniencies uh, therefore uh, what did he, t- he teach Stamlan Krebi Huda Damachmir and he holds like Rabbi Huda uh, that is Machmir okay so the Gemara says, uh, you know, in what way, uh, you know, did you therefore establish the Mishnah? Uh, you saying this whole discussion really is uh, uh, one of Mukta, uh, because you said uh, the, the chicken was designated for laying eggs and therefore is Mukta. Ihaki. Uh, okay, he said, you know, why don't you, why, why dafka the beta? Why dafka uh, the egg? Why don't you t- t- teach us about the chicken? They should have argued about the chicken, uh, whether you're allowed to do it, uh, you know, use the chicken on Yom Tov or not. Okay, you should have said, can we shake the chicken on Yom Tov or not? Uh, no, it says, Lodika Kochan, the Beit Shammai. 
uh, to teach you the power of Beit Shammai, the Beit Shammai, uh, the, the leniency uh, of, uh, of uh, Beit Shammai, the power of his opinion, the uh, Lunolad Shari, even in, and what is that? That he agrees uh, that something that has just been born, uh, that is uh, this egg that has just been laid, uh, and even though that is uh, usually especially strong, uh, Beit Shammai says no. It is allowed, and that shows you the power of that. Uh, so, uh, uh, so why don't they uh, uh, teach you the dispute about the chicken? Uh, to teach you the power of Beit Hillel. Uh, Asri, uh, who would say that uh, he's, he's uh, um, you know, who, who says uh, he's not allowed uh, to do it. Uh, in, you know, you're not even allowed to use the chicken uh, because of Muqtza. Okay, you might you might say that that is the case. Gitema quark tera adif. You might say, as we often do, uh, that the power of a leniency uh, to teach a power of a leniency is better uh, because if a person uh, doesn't know what's you know what to do, uh, he'll he'll go and he'll be stringent just to to be safe. Okay, but if you really know what's going on, uh, you have to be very strong and uh, know your opinion very well to teach us a leniency. Normally, that's what we say. Niflog betavayo. Really, uh, you should have argued about both of them. It wouldn't have been a, a hard thing to argue about both of them. And you could have said uh, the following. Tanagole tamedet legal beitzim hi ubeitzah. You know, just add the following, in, uh, interpolate the following, and read the mission as follows. You could have said, uh, with a chicken talking about uh, one that is designated for laying eggs, uh, both her and its eggs are forbidden. Uh, both, uh, both her and its eggs, uh, you can eat both of them. So you could have easily amended the Mishnah. It wouldn't have been complicated to amend the Mishnah that way. Uh, therefore, uh, because of this problem, actually, we reject uh, what uh, Rav Nachman says. We say that the, the Mishnah is not. What's the argument between Beit Shammah and Beit Hillel? Uh, argument uh, that uh, uh, opinion one, what the argument about Rav Nachman's opinion that it relates to Muktzah uh, is rejected. Okay, and, uh, and therefore, El uh, uh, and uh, we are talking here about uh, a chicken designated for food on Yom Tov. Okay, you wanted to do it. We're talking here about a different ca- a category altogether, a different case altogether. We are talking here about uh, it's, it's the egg was laid on a festival that happens on uh, after Shabbat. Okay, the Yom Tov uh, is a Sunday. It's a Sunday and it was prepared. Uh, therefore, uh, it's after Shabbat. Uh, a second basis, a second opinion of what the argument is about. The basis of the argument is talking about hachana, preparation from a Shabbat uh, to a Yom Tov. Vakasava Rava, and uh, what does Rava hold? Uh, he says, uh, any egg that was uh, even it, it's now been born okay what happens is metmol gamrela really it was prepared from yesterday it popped out today uh, but mainly inside the animal uh, was uh, prepared uh, by uh, was prepared the day before and even though man didn't uh, have anything to do with it it was all done uh, you know from from heaven i you know through nature etc uh, still that is not good enough Okay, uh, it's still being prepared uh, and not allowed to do that. The Gemara says about that, Rabba Latama, Rabba goes according to his opinion, Dhamma Rabba, 
talking about the man, okay, uh, it says uh, you should, yeah, on, on the sixth day, they have to prepare uh, what they have to bring in. Uh, he says you have to pray on a weekday for Shabbat. Uh, and same, same way, uh, if, you, if you have to prepare on a Yom Tov, yeah, you have to, to uh, prepare it on a, on a non-holy day. Yom Tov Shabbat, Yom Tov. Uh, can't prepare for Shabbat. They've each got their own uh, bits of holiness. It would be degrading to prepare on Yom Tov for Shabbat. And definitely, ain't Shabbat machina Yom Tov. And, and, and Shabbat, which has got a high level of uh, holiness, you can't go and prepare for Yom Tov. Okay, so he says that that's his reason. And therefore, uh, we, the case must be talking about an egg uh, because it, it could be a Yom Tov that's a Sunday Yom Tov. Uh, and therefore, uh, wouldn't be because you prepared the egg was prepared on Shabbat and therefore it's an issue of Hachana Hachana Durava it's called okay Amala uh, Abayah says no uh, I don't agree with that Elamiata uh, he says Yom Tov Ba'alma Tishri so if at any day we said uh, if the Yom Tov is on a Sunday uh, that would be problematic he says what about all the other days Yom Tov will fall on a, on a, on a Monday Tuesday Wednesday etc uh, and we say no Gezeira Mishum Tov Shekhaliot Yom Tov Achar Shabbat it's a Gezeira a decree that a Yom Tov uh, in case Yom Tov would fall on a Sunday we decree all the other days of the week uh, in the case because otherwise you say oh, I'm allowed to eat an egg on Yom Tov you'll come to eat an egg on a Sunday Yom Tov okay Shabbat, the Shabbat, the Almay, So therefore, you know, what about a Shabbat uh, that happens normally? You should be allowed to eat the egg. No, Gezeira, Mishum Shabbat, Shacha Yom Tov. Okay, and we say that uh, uh, Shabbat that happens after a festival. In other words, uh, in that case, uh, it would be prepared on Yom Tov uh, and would be born on Shabbat. So even though, in theory, according to this, uh, you would be allowed to eat an egg. Uh, on a normal Shabbat, we make a Gezeira uh, because in case Yom Tov is a Friday, then you're preparing on a Yom Tov for a Friday. So, so really, it's actually only two days that we worry about, but we ban it all the time. And the Gemara says, Mi Gazrinen, do we really decree such a thing? Um, uh, if you go and you shecht, and uh, a chicken on a Yom Tov, and you find uh, completely formed eggs uh, inside of it, uh, it says, Mutarot lechol Yom Tov. You are allowed to eat them on a festival uh, as, as well. So it says, it says that. Um, it's a brighter that we'll deal with in a few days' time. Uh, it says, So, you know, why don't, if you say that uh, you're not allowed to do that and it was prepared from before, why don't you make that same decree? A decree and say, listen, these eggs are forbidden because uh, you could get confused with them being born. Amalai, the response to that, Baitim, Gumorat, Iman, Milta, No, fully formed eggs inside a mother that don't get born, uh, that is not uh, totally uncommon. Milta, Gazru, Rabbanan. Uh, and something that is uh, totally uncommon, the rabbis do not decree against. Okay, well, it's a good place to stop, even though we've got two other uh, explanations uh, for it uh, uh, to, to give. Uh, we'll give those starting off tomorrow. Uh, and with that, we uh, welcome everyone uh, to Mesechet um, Beitza. Everyone should have a great day.